I was born in 1968. I am the son of a minor father and a minor. I am the father of two children. The incident happened to me in the mine where I worked a year or two before I retired. Everything started after an accident in the mine. That day, I went to the workplace as usual. In the morning, after having breakfast in the canteen of the workplace, I got into the cage to go 260 meters underground. When I say cage, I mean an elevator. We mine workers preferred to call it a cage instead of an elevator because it was a simple device that worked with a large crane rather than an elevator. Anyway, I went down to the mine. After working until the end of the shift, I started walking towards the bottom of the shaft. We call the place where we got into the cage the bottom of the shaft. As I was walking slowly, an engine passed by me quickly. What I call an engine can be considered as a small train. It was a relatively simple device compared to the train, pulling only wagons weighing up to one ton at most. There were workers on the engine. Normally they are forbidden to do this, but sometimes when the workers are very tired after work, they ride on the engine to avoid walking. I continued to walk slowly as the engine sped past me. Then there was shouting coming from up ahead. Someone seemed to be moaning in a wheezing voice. I moved towards the direction of the sound in order to understand exactly what was happening. I started to look around carefully. When I approached the place where the sound came from, I saw that someone was lying in the water channel on the side of the air door. Blood was flowing from the person lying in the water channel as if from a faucet. At that moment I went into a short-term shock. In that chaos, we immediately carried the injured person to the lift entrance, which we call the bottom of the shaft, and sent him to the hospital. I still could not get over the shock of that image. That day, that person who was injured in that accident died. This incident affected me deeply. My psychology turned upside down. According to what I learned later, the accident happened as follows. While the workers were traveling with the engine, the air door did not open. Since the engine was also fast, the engine hit the door with great violence. The worker who was caught between the engine and the door was crushed badly during this impact. In the days following this incident, when I passed through that gate, it always seemed to me as if someone was still lying in the water channel. I couldn't pass through there by myself. Since the hearth was not sufficiently lit, it was always very dark inside the hearth. It was only illuminated by fluorescent lamps, which were very sparsely placed in certain parts of the hearth. Because of the effect of this incident, I was completely disenchanted with work. I didn't feel like going to work at all, but I had to. Anyway, one day when I was at work again, I was the last one left at the end of work in the area of the mine where I was working. When I looked around, everyone had left. I sat down somewhere. Such a weight fell on me that it seemed like a lifetime to go from there to the lift area, which the workers called the bottom of the shaft. I said to myself, I'll rest a little where I'm sitting and then I'll go. My eyes closed for a while. I was between sleep and wakefulness. I saw a man approaching me from ahead, holding a lamp in his hand. There is no work left at the stove at this hour. I guess he stayed later like me, I said to myself. That light that was approaching me suddenly disappeared. Oh my god! Where did this man go? I said to myself, 
Then I thought, let me sit for one or two more minutes. Maybe the man who just disappeared will come back and we can go to the lift together. Then my eyes closed again. I don't know how much time passed, suddenly I woke up with a very severe slap. But what a slap, I thought my neck was broken. I immediately recovered and looked around me. There was no one. It was impossible for someone to hit me and run away. For this reason, I started running towards the lift in fear and panic. That day I didn't tell anyone about what had happened. One or two weeks later, I was the last one again. This time I hurried up and went straight to the lift entrance. As I sat down and waited for the lift to arrive, I noticed that something jet black was coming towards me. It had a hand lamp and a hard hat, but neither of them was lit. It was slowly approaching me. I called out from afar, Master. What's wrong? Did the lamp malfunction? He didn't answer. Instead, it kept coming towards me slowly. I felt a strong sense of fear that I didn't know why. I wanted to get up and leave, I even wanted to run away, but I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Although he was very close to me, I couldn't see his face or body clearly. It was as if the man coming towards me was not a tangible substance, but a shadow, a silhouette. Don't ever sleep on my hearth again, he said to me. I could feel the man's speech not in my ears, but in my brain. He spoke to me almost telepathically and disappeared. I had heard of such events from a few other people before, but I didn't believe it. At that moment, those stories I had heard went through my mind. I read all the prayers I knew. That black silhouette had not harmed me, but living that moment had further disrupted my already broken psychology. I couldn't get up from where I was sitting for another one to two minutes. After a while, I pulled myself together and walked away from there. When I told my friends what had happened to me, they did not believe me. When I told what happened to me to the imam of the village where I lived, the imam believed me and said the following, they are the owners of the mines. As you know, according to Islamic belief, the souls of martyrs can choose to stay in this world instead of going to the hereafter if they wish. According to a saying of the Islamic prophet Muhammad, those who die under the rubble are considered martyrs just like those who die in war. That's why we call people who died in the mines mine martyrs. Most probably the thing you saw in the mine was the spirit of a mine martyr and it warned you. He wanted to protect you. After that day, I never slept in the mine again. About the story, hello, I am a journalist living in Turkey. Investigating the paranormal is my special interest. The story you have just read is a true story that was shared with me by one of my readers on condition of anonymity. I had been a park ranger for over a decade, and I had seen my fair share of strange occurrences in the woods. But nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered on that fateful day. I was patrolling the deep woods, as I often did, when I came across a family of hikers. They were clearly distressed, and I could see the fear in their eyes. They told me that they had been attacked by a creature with glowing eyes and razor-sharp claws. At first, I was skeptical. But as I looked at their injuries, I realized that something truly terrible had happened to them. I knew that I had to find this creature, whatever it was, 
and put an end to its reign of terror. I followed the hiker's trail, and soon enough, I heard rustling in the bushes. I reached for my flashlight, and pointed it in the direction of the sound. That's when I saw it. The creature was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It stood on two legs, with glowing eyes that seemed to pierce my soul. Its claws were razor sharp, and its teeth were like needles. It let out a bone-chilling growl, and charged towards me. I had never been so terrified in my life. I tried to back away, but the creature was too fast. It tackled me, and I felt its sharp claws tear through my flesh. I struggled to break free, but it was too strong. Finally, the creature released me, and ran off into the woods. I was shaken, but I knew that I couldn't let it get away. I got up and ran after it, determined to catch it. But the woods were dark and twisted, and I soon lost sight of the creature. I searched for hours, but it was nowhere to be found. Eventually, I had to give up and make my way back to the ranger station. As I sat there, nursing my wounds, I realized that I had never encountered anything like this before. It was a creature unlike anything in our known world, and it was out there, somewhere, waiting for its next victim. I was four years old. I have experienced paranormal my entire life, sightings, dreams, and premonitions. This is one of my first experiences that I have memory of. We lived in a cedar-sided split foyer home on top of a mountain. I had a younger brother by 10 months. We shared a bedroom across the hall from my parents' room. We would see this figure constantly. We saw it so much that we started to just ignore it. It stood about 3-4 feet tall. Had an outline like a teddy bear that wore a classic viking helmet with horns. We never could see its features. Just a dark shadow. Our older cousins by 1-2 years spent the night one night. Everyone was in a circle with our sleeping bags on the floor of our room. The lights were still on. My cousin immediately whispered what is that and he pointed at the creature who was standing in our doorway watching us. I told him it was just our monster and he watches us play. He can't do anything to us or hurt us and I stuck my tongue out at it to assure my cousin the thing was harmless. My mom told us monsters couldn't get us so I was extra brave around it. A few nights later I wake up in the middle of the night. I slept on the top bunk and my brother on the bottom. I see the creature climbing up the bunk bed ladder to my bed. To this day, I have no idea why or how I was brave enough to do this but I moved to the ladder and sat in front of it blocking the creature from coming up. It stopped climbing but we were inches from each other's faces. It seemed like we sat like that forever because I remember thinking what the heck is this and why can't I see its actual face. I reached out and tapped its shoulder. All hell then broke loose. As soon as I touched it, I could see all of it. The entire body was covered in monster heads. Its main face had giant big eyes and sharp sharp teeth. It was terrified of me and confused and seemed to be in intense pain from my touch. It grabbed me up by the back and tore my back up. It screamed in my face. Of course I am screaming hysterically and I break free and crawl to the far end of my bed and started praying and stopped screaming. 
By this time my mom ran in and all I could say was monster. The next morning my mom casually made me come into the kitchen to show her best friend my back. As an adult my mom told me she was so scared and that my back was all scratched up. Scratches I didn't have that night at bedtime. I asked my cousin about what he saw that night. He still admitted to it 30 plus years later and told me when I stuck my tongue out he was terrified. As an adult my brother described the same exact appearance of it after having a similar encounter shortly after mine. He passed it on our basement stairs and it screamed at it. After my encounter I never saw it again. My son who is three is terrified of shadows and he knows the difference between normal shadows and tells me one walks around in his room. Is it the same thing? What the hell is it? Early one morning my friend Joe took myself and another butt of mine, Alec, on a trip to the coast range. We'd done this a few times in the Cascades, but hadn't yet taken a trip to this one particular area. South of Corvallis, then west into the mountains via logging roads through an area where odd things have been reported in the past. Joe was aware of this. This specific road goes up a canyon that holds very few homes. Approximately one half mile above this last house was a turn where several trees blocked the road. Probably Tiber thieves. At any rate, we couldn't drive over it, plus it was early March and not too many roads, if any, had been cleared yet. It was raining, as it usually is that time of year, but we'd been driving for two hours and wanted to walk. We put on our hats and coats and just started walking in this road. I honestly remember thinking we were making a lot of noise. Approximately one half mile from the truck we came around another tight curve in the road. At that point my friend Alec stopped along the left side of the road, which ran fairly steeply down into a small ravine where a creek was at the bottom. Joe and I turned to Alec who was looking at something along the side of the road. He told us to come back and look at something. We did and what he had found startled us. It was a clear, five-toed footprint of very big size. We couldn't believe it, the camera was in the truck, the rain was coming down and we knew the clearness wasn't going to hold long, this is also how we knew the tracks were fresh. They were ringing with such detail it was obvious that we had spooked it up out of there. We'd been right on top of it. If we just hadn't have been talking and laughing it up, perhaps we would have seen whatever it was. Joe finally opted to go back to the truck to get a camera. Alec and I stayed there and literally watched the track dissolve with the rain. We couldn't tell where the beast had gone on up the hill. Lost the tracks once they hit the gravel on the road. So, we backtracked and followed them quite a ways down the canyon. Most of the tracks were simply large impressions in the duff. The only one that was clear enough to totally see was the one Alec first spotted. Alec went back to the first track and I started walking the timber back toward the general direction of the truck. I was basically walking with the road, only down in the brush. About 30 feet away from the tracks were a second set of smaller prints that also came up out of the canyon and headed up to the road. I followed them up and about 10 feet short of the gravel they cut to the right. This would have been right toward us. They cut, then straightened out and we across the road at an angle. Then I lost them. About 10 minutes later Joe finally got back. We took the cures, 
but as we had figured, the tracks were mere disturbances in the ground now. Nearly all the detail was long gone, washed away. Only big, foot-like outlines remained. While we were taking pics Joe suddenly asked if we had heard anything. Without thinking twice, I said I had heard bird calls. Joe looked at me a long time, then said he'd heard bird calls back at the truck. There's a problem here. Birds don't call in the rain. The calls we heard were Amsa Crow-like, only not. Very loud. We were getting soaked, had been there over an hour by this point, so we went back to the truck and left. Later when the pictures came back, we were very disappointed with the lack of detail. It was back sometime in 2019, late in the year. One of my friends, whose name is Ted, saw something in the middle of the night. Tired and feeling fatigued, he woke up, rolling out of his bed, to head to the bathroom, and then the kitchen for a late night snack. Whilst indulging in his snack, he began walking around his living room until he made his way to the back of the house window. It was on the second floor by the kitchen to which while staring outside at whatever. A sudden figure in his backyard caught his attention. The yard is huge, and nothing really in it aside from two trees. One of which has since rotted and fallen down. He noticed a bit past the since rotted tree was a figure with glowing reds, large snout, and standing at an approximate seven to eight feet tall, from seeing the creature reared up on its legs, and judging its size by how tall it appeared to be next to the tree. It also had jet black fur, as well as a muscular physique similar to Arnold back in the 80s, a long snout with very large perked ears similar to a German shepherd or wolf, and what looked to be antlers, or maybe that was just part of its long ears, he doesn't really know because it was very dark. The creature took a sniff, and looked directly at him. As his eyes met the gaze of the creature's eyes, he noticed that the eyes were a shade of blood red, the same color mentioned before. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. But also mentioned he'd seen so many weird things, and such that he wasn't really phased by it in the slightest. He knew what he was looking at was the real deal, and saw its breath in the cold night air. As the creature grunted, and bared its teeth, it also started growling at him. The growl wasn't that of any normal animal, but a deep primal guttural growl, nothing like he's ever heard before. The creature then took one last gaze at him, and ran off jumping the fence. He shortly afterwards returned to his room laying in his bed wondering what did he really see. He found it hard to fall back to sleep, but late unluckily did. He still wonders to this day if the creature will ever return, or if he will ever see it again. This encounter was not far away from where I live, but is absolutely horrifying to think about, because we live in the suburbs. To this day he still does not know what he really saw, and it can only be left up to whomever's imagination. Hey folks. It took me some time, but I think I'm finally ready to share my encounter with you now. It happened in Western Germany and what I'm about to share is the genuine truth. It all started with a horrible animal screaming sound outside my house at night, which I already compared to all wildlife animal sound records from zoology institutes, but nothing comes close to it. It kind of sounded like a woman screaming in agony, but then again even worse. It felt like I could feel the sound's vibration in my veins, 
it's hard to describe. It was really scary. I live in a tiny house next to forests, mountains. It was a dark October night and I laid in my bed, which is in a sleeping corner. Right in front is a window, which is always half opened and above me is just a flat roof. Garden all around the house. At first I heard one animal slash creature scream. Then there seemed to be two of them. They sounded very close and wouldn't stop screaming for minutes. The next thing I heard was something heavy running through the garden under my bed window. Followed by heavy branches breaking at the height of my level, second floor. I also heard a loud rush of air or wind combined to that. In the next second, this animal slash creature jumped on my roof, so in that moment it was right above me, ca 2 to 3 meters. And that was the moment when things started to get messy and very confusing to me, until this day. First I want to point out that this animal slash creature sounded so heavy when it landed. I don't know any animal species that big around here. It sounded massive and therefore surreal. Also, the quickness of its movement seemed surreal. After the jump it started to run on my roof. From one side to the other. It first sounded like it was something extremely heavy on two legs. But that suddenly changed to what sounded like something extremely heavy on four paws. I remember sitting straight up in bed right under it with an intense pulse and my mind just trying to process what I'm hearing. What kind of creature that is. That was also the turning point when I seriously felt threatened. Since I'm a girl living alone in a tiny house and didn't really have any protection to fight something massive like this off, just knives or pepper spray, which quite sure would have been useless. So I decided to do something stupid, I guess. I thought maybe I could shock it slash scare it away, so I hit against my bed window with my flat hand, as hard and loud as I could. What happened next messes with me until today. Not even one second passed after I hit the glass when this creature hit it right back from outside. So, it must have been sitting right above me in that moment and reached down to my window. And it reacted so quickly, it was surreal. The sound of what touched my window glass sounded like a mix between big claws and feathers. This reaction and the way it sounded put me in kind of a shock I guess. I realized I'm quite screwed in that moment. Because whatever it was, it was very intelligent, huge, and wouldn't back off. That's how it felt to me. As if it would say, you have no power here. I am always one step further. Know your lane. Basically I just froze then. On my bed, my back at the wall and all I could do was staring at where it hit the window glass. I was too scared to close it. I was too scared to breathe even. Then it suddenly just left my roof, which sounded again like a massive weight would jump off in the air. I never shared this encounter before, because I felt pretty alone with it. Until last night, when I went on Reddit to look for someone from Germany who experienced something similar and I was lucky. His post is today 24 days ago. He and his hunting buddy heard the same screaming sounds from a cow's field, then they were chased for a short time by something but couldn't see it. Reading about his encounter made me want to step forward with mine as well. Since there are quite some confusing aspects slash details to my encounter, it's a bit hard to find someone with a similar experience. 
So I genuinely hope that this post reaches someone who can relate and who'd be open to share his slash her experience as well. If you'd like to know more about my encounter, please feel free to ask everything you like, of course. There was two men pulling a big black duffel bag. We were up high on a hill so they couldn't really see us. They had shovels. We watched pretending to be spies. Sharing the binoculars. When they looked in our way, we ran. We ran back to the bikes, then rode back to camp as fast as possible. At that time we camped with about 15 other families. Travel trailer camping group, no one at all believed us. We begged them to call the police. No one believed us. We still tell our family now they should have listened to us. I'm now 35 and my brother and cousin are 32. To this day, no one believes us. This just happened to me now. I was filling my wiring pail on the side of my house for my small garden. I know gardening and fairies how ironic. I turned on the outside tap to fill up my pail and randomly looked up to see a green thing hovering around my master bedroom just going up, down, flying away, and coming back. It looked to be one one and a half inches and I shit you not it looked like it had a Tinkerbell dress on. It wasn't glowing, I couldn't see any arms, legs, or hair, but I could definitely tell there was a small head or something that was a different color than the green body. The wings seemed to flutter extremely fast like a hummingbird, but it was transparent. So here's the thing, I would have just thought nothing of this and said oh this is just a weird insect or something whatever and carry on with my day but the moment I saw this thing I went full fight, flight, or freeze mode. I wanted to run for some reason but somehow my curiosity was more powerful than my body telling me to run. I froze in place with my pail in my hand just watching this green thing fly with every hair on my body standing up like a scared cat lol. Another thing is I couldn't get a very good look at that green flying thing even though it seemed so close to me, about 2-4 to four feet away from each other, it just looked blurryish with the biggest detail I could see was the green dress. I stared at this thing for only like 20 seconds and it flew off but it like dropped something almost like a tiny leaf that I saw flutter into my neighbor's yard. I rushed to look at what fell but couldn't find anything on their grass and guess what? When I tried looking for that bug thing again it's freaking gone. What kind of insect drops shit when they fly away? Lastly I live on Oahu, Hawaii we ain't known for fairy sightings. This story is from my girlfriend's perspective and she still to this day has no idea what she encountered. So to begin, this story happened back in 2018. I arrived in a small, rural town near Cape May. The company I was working for at the time was sending me out to go door-to-door, -door, advertising cable and Wi-Fi that they wanted me to sell. I was getting weird vibes all throughout the day, as the town itself was very small and a bit creepy, with people staring at me or giving me the cold shoulder for the entire day. It seemed like a lot of the townsfolk that I encountered that day were on edge, and it was a weird tense atmosphere that I shrugged off, as people are weird all the time. I continued doing my job, chucking a red bolt to keep me going, which didn't affect me at all surprisingly. Besides the weird atmosphere, the scenery was actually quite pretty once you got off of the main road. 
I had to stop at different streets, and some were in the woods on long and seemingly beautiful endless roads. It was quite scenic. Just before sunset, I was scheduled to visit a few houses on a small peninsula. To get to this peninsula you had to go down a very long road, past a summer camp area, past a trailer park, past the woods, and then you finally find yourself in a small open area with a bay marsh, a couple small expensive houses, and shore access. The houses were so close to the water it seemed to be a code violation, but I'm sure they were built to withstand storms since they looked so expensive. Every house had its own theme, and the area was mostly deserted. Only one house had someone inside, whom I had talked to after knocking on his door. I was so distracted looking at the houses and scenery that I didn't notice how fast sunset was approaching. I came to the realization that I should start heading back to avoid being alone on that long deserted pathway in the woods. As a smaller female, I'm never comfortable after dark in isolated places, especially without cell service. I was making my way down the path, so far so good, as it wasn't completely dark yet. As I approached the wooded area of the road, I was walking a bit faster, since there were no street lights and the sunlight was rapidly disappearing. As I walked at a decently fast pace, I noticed something. The woods were eerily quiet. All the life that I was hearing before was gone. No crickets, no birds, just pure silence. I stopped in my tracks, and got chills down my spine as I felt the feeling that I was being watched. I looked around the dark woods for any sudden movements and then, like clockwork, something up ahead made its way out of the tree line. It looked to be some type of large animal. My brain went into overdrive analyzing whatever this animal was. Was it a bear? A dog? No. It looked like a large dog. But dogs don't get this big. Though I was intimidated by its large size, whatever it was hadn't noticed me. Even though I was scared, I also didn't want to walk back and go into that one man's house. As a woman I would rather take my chances with a wild animal than be alone with a man I don't know in a deserted holiday neighborhood. Suddenly, as I was thinking this, the large animal in the distance had finally noticed my presence. It was observing me, not entirely sure of what to do with me. There wasn't enough light anymore for me to see the animal's face, but I felt unusually frightened. Whatever I was looking at was definitely too big to be a black bear, with a shoulder height of at least five feet on all fours, which is comparable in size to a brown bear. The mass on this creature was extensive, as the outline of what I could see looked like a wolf on steroids. It was very muscular. I also noticed that the outline of its face was very similar to that of a German Shepherd or a wolf, as it had perked ears and a long snout. In the heat of the moment, I could only hear the sound of my heart palpitating as fear and adrenaline started to crawl its way into my bloodstream. It felt as if time stood still, and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at wasn't a normal animal, and it was simply too big to be any animal that I could recognize from New Jersey's catalog of fauna. And, if it wanted to attack me, I would be powerless against it. It was simply too big. So, to calm myself down, I threw the idea that this creature was out of the ordinary out because I felt like this could be rationalized somehow. I made my brain go back to the idea of this being maybe being a large dog or coyote. I also did not believe in cryptids, 
and was completely unaware of what size coyotes are supposed to be, so I made a quick decision. Realizing that this could very well be a life or death situation, I came to the conclusion that this very large dog-like creature was probably a skittish coyote that I could scare off, at least temporarily, to calm down my nerves. What other choice did I have? The longer I kept standing there, the more aggressive I might come across to this animal, and I didn't want it to get territorial or get the idea that I was easy prey. So, I decided I would make the most hideous, loud, confusing, and startling scream or howl I could muster and just sprint the rest of the way. After I screeched this hideous sound out of my body as hard as I could, the animal quickly changed its body language to defensive, but then it quickly changed its mind to deciding I wasn't worth a fight as it ran a decent distance into the woods, not too far though. I decided to sprint as fast as I could past that area and beyond. I sprinted until I reached the end of the road, and noticed there was a summer camp area with street lights near me. I rested on top of a table there, out of breath and feeling my heart pound out of my chest. However, I was still very shaken up and still felt like I was being watched. I kept my eyes on the tree line. My eyes were darting around, looking for any sign this animal was still there. Once I felt like the coast was clear, I located the next house I was scheduled to visit, and I quickly made my way over. I met a nice family who ended up buying cable from me, and I told them what had happened to me that night and how I was treated by the locals. The lady of the family who I presumed to be the mother said I don't know why they sent you out here alone. These woods are dangerous after dark, and there are creepy people who live around here. The impression she was giving me was that there were animal encounters she couldn't explain, and that there were lots of ex-convicts in the area, and people who should have been arrested but haven't been. She was equally concerned about the people as she was the animals around this place. This gave me goosebumps, how many times today could my life have been taken? They were extremely concerned for my safety and told me to contact my team leader so I could get picked up. They said they didn't want me to go outside again and that I should call it quits for the night and not make it to any other houses. Till this day, I still have no idea what creature I had encountered. There are strange things in the woods, things people don't speak about or cover up. I felt like the townsfolk of that town knew something about what I encountered. So weird creature I encountered in those woods, let's never meet again. <coughs> a few years ago, me and three of my buddies went for what was supposed to be an overnight hiking slash camping trip in the Smokies. After about three hours of hiking, we were just starting to set up camp for the night when a freak thunderstorm hit us out of nowhere. We scrambled to pack up our stuff and miraculously managed to find a very small cave, not big enough for any animals to be hiding in it, it was more like a rocky alcove that had just enough space to shield the four of us from the rain. We spent the night in the cave. One of my friends even started showing symptoms of hypothermia, but thankfully I had an emergency blanket in my backpack that helped him. The next morning we tried to find our way back to the trail. It took us two hours of hiking to realize we were very lost. It took us three days to find our way back to civilization. My father worked at NASA's Johnson Space Flight Center. As a teenager growing up in the suburbs of Houston, Texas I was also able to make my way into the gray outdoors.
I was a boy scout and we would take numerous camping trips throughout Texas, the hill country, and the piney woods. My mother's parents owned a ranch in northeast Texas and it was a frequent family destination for holidays and sometimes just for a family vacation. I learned how to fish, hunt, and pitch a tent and basic survival skills at an early age. I would often take treks into the woods by myself without a care in the world. Thinking back on certain events that happened back then I now look back on it with a different viewpoint mostly because what I'm about to tell you is my later experience in the Ozark National Forest at night and it has profoundly changed the way I look at my life. I moved to Northwest Arkansas in 2005. My brother and mother had earlier moved to Rias Mill, Arkansas. I would frequently fish at Lake Lincoln. I would often park my truck a short walking distance from the dam and then walk up and fish from the dam bank. During one visit I began to work my way off the dam and into some thick brush and trees to get to the larger boulder protruding over the lake's bank. As I approached the tree line I began to have an eerie feeling. It came over me out of nowhere. Now I've been in the woods alone many times before and have never felt this sensation. I quickly grabbed my rod and reel along with my tackle box and I made it back to my truck. I've not been back to Lake Lincoln since a year later around 2007. I had moved 40 minutes from my mother's place. I had just gone into business for myself, I was single and lived alone. I would often get bored and would take drives throughout the mountains and sometimes even at night. One late night, I decided I need to get out for a long ride. I was going to head to my mother's place. I started down the freeway and then exited off onto Highway 16. I continued down Highway 16 for about 20 miles and then I turned left onto County Road 33 and then it would just be another 10 miles or so before turning off to get to my mother's home. I went across the Illinois River Bridge and made a sharp curve to the left. It went up a steep hill and then entered the Ozark National Forest. It was dark, only my headlights lighting up my way. At the time there was no cell service. I was smack dab in the middle of nowhere. I reached Weddington Lake. As I began to climb up the next hill I remembered there was a small pull-off lookout to my left and I needed to relieve myself. I pulled my truck over across the oncoming lane and onto the lookout shoulder. I left my motor running along with my headlights. I stepped out leaving my truck door open and I began to relieve myself. To the right of me, there was somewhat of a cliff overseeing a small pond on the opposite side of the lake which was to my left. I found myself fixated on that ridge top. I then had this overwhelming feeling come over me. The hairs on the back of my neck began to stand up and goosebumps were running down my arms. There was a strong feeling that someone or something was watching me. I was standing outside of a lit up truck in the middle of nowhere and I was a sitting duck. I quickly finished, jumped into my truck, threw it into drive, and I squealed my wheels up the hill. Some years later I married and had become a father. My family and I went hiking through the same lake but on the other side. There was a rock covered enclosure that the parks and recreation had built some years back. While there, those same eerie feelings came back. Something wasn't right. I kept it to myself and we finished our day of fun. A short time later I found myself researching Bigfoot sightings in Arkansas. A significant sighting had been documented in that same area just prior to my roadside event. 
I also read of a sighting of a red-headed Bigfoot digging in the sand underneath a bridge along the Illinois River. I come to find out that sightings had been documented all over this area dating back many years. I then began to think of my childhood and the things began to add up, like the time my grandmother would tell my brother and me as kids not to venture back into certain parts of the wooded areas. Also, the times grandpa's bird dogs would go into a barking frenzy in the middle of the night and he would step outside, shooting a shotgun into the air. I can't adventure into the woods much anymore, certainly not alone and certainly not at night. I'm a Bigfoot believer. I truly feel that my overwhelming strange feelings were the result of a Bigfoot either watching me or being in the area. I had a very close encounter with what I believe was an alien. I was about 9 or 10, playing in my friend's backyard which happened to be a forest. The four of us were playing games in the forest and decided to take a break. We all gathered around a couple of fallen trees to hang out when suddenly, from behind a tree no more than six to seven feet in front of me, a tall, dark, creature poked its head out. I very briefly made eye contact with it. Or at least it felt like I was staring it in the eye. I couldn't actually see the eyes as the creature was very dark. I turned to look at my one of my friends who had also noticed this creature. Without saying a word to each other we bolted from the forest and into his house. The two other friends followed us closely not realizing what we had just experienced. This experience still haunts me to this day. I still lose sleep over it nearly 20 years later. I lost touch with the friends I was with that day but I did contact the one who also saw the creature a couple of years ago just to get his thoughts. He pretty much remembers the exact same thing. I wish there was a group I could join or a therapist that wouldn't think I'm totally crazy. I feel like that experience has played a significant role in my life. I'm still searching for answers and would love to chat with others who have similar experiences. I need to know I'm not alone in feeling consumed by my experience 20 years ago. I had this old century house in Missouri where it had all these outbuildings like barns, sheds, and a chicken coop. The whole place always felt weird but especially the chicken coop. It was so bad my parents didn't even let me within 500 feet of the chicken coop. That area felt like hell and full of dread. What really set stuff off was when me and my cousins saw the skin color, naked humanish figure inside of the old chicken coop through the window. I saw this thing a few times and it always seemed like it was pacing in there. Me and my whole family kept our good distance from that place so I don't know if it ever noticed or cared about us. The farmhouse was built in Battlefield, Missouri where a large battle from the Civil War took place so I think this thing could have been a ghost or spirit of a dead soldier. This can also be further evident by my aunt who says there was the ghost of a boy wearing a Confederate uniform who was trapped in one of the bathrooms. I've always had a deep connection to nature that only grew through the years. During my last two years of high school, most of my friends moved out of state so I started spending more and more time with the trees and less time with other people. Even to the point that, after spending a semester in a hot, crowded dorm, I decided college wasn't for me and dropped out. My parents were happy enough to see me but I could still feel their discomfort with my educational decisions.
I don't blame them. It just felt wrong is hardly the most well thought out or valid of arguments but it was all I had to offer them at the time. I knew it wasn't enough, so I left. I quickly packed my bags, threw them in my car, and headed north with no particular destination in mind. After several hours on the road, the highway I was on narrowed and turned to dirt while the trees standing silent sentinel along its meandering path got taller and darker. I drove slowly with the windows down, both to take in the incredible sights and to avoid careening off this dirt track clinging so desperately to the mountain. Once I rolled down my windows, I turned off my music. It felt out of place in the peaceful environment. My eyelids were getting heavier, the sun having long disappeared beneath the horizon, so I pulled off onto a little patch of dirt on the side of the road. I started getting ready to sleep but when I looked out into the trees I once again felt their call, so I left. Walking from the car, the silence was so potent it sucked the air from my lungs, this silence was ancient and sacred. I felt breaking it with any significant noise would be a great sin against the forces of nature. A gust of wind noiselessly made its way through the trees, stirring the lowest branches and tossing my hair in my face. On the wings of the silent wind, I heard a sound so soft and natural it could perhaps only be heard because of the unnatural absence of background noise. It drew my attention to one particular tree a couple hundred feet from the road. All the trees were dancing to the silent rhythm of the wind, all except one. This one danced offbeat and irregularly to no particular rhythm. It seemed as if each branch had a mind of its own, every bow twisted and writhed like an unfortunate worm on a fisherman's hook, the wood bending impossibly. The noise then seemed to form words in a language so old it had not been uttered for centuries at least, yet I understood. They told me they lived in the silent spaces of the world, where their words could be heard. Once the world was full of silent spaces, spaces where animals and man alike instinctively knew no noise above a whisper was permitted, but humans had lost touch with their instincts, only some being able to feel the unspoken rules that govern all. I fell to my knees in silent reverence for the gods that once were, and will be again. They have a plan, they said, we will return the world to how it once was, when the gods reigned in silence owned large swaths of land. The hum of a motor accompanied by the sound of tires tearing up moist dirt ripped me from my state of pleasant reverence. I inhaled sharply and looked up to notice the first faint glow that changes the sky from black to dark blue before dawn warms the air and brings the sun. I returned to the road to get a glimpse of our invader, but when he saw me he quickly pulled over and got out of his car. Hey man, are you alright? He called while approaching. His voice cut through the air shocking me into stunned silence for a second. Yeah, I'm fine, I whispered, my voice seeming no less strange in the environment. My car is over there, just keep driving. Dude, you're covered in dirt, your knees are clearly bleeding and you're shivering violently. I can't just leave you here, I'll call for help. I knew I couldn't let him call for help lest more people invade our sanctuary, our church. Alright, I'll go with you, but can I please show you something first? He was clearly skeptical, but given that he seemed to have a good 100 pounds on me, he probably thought I wasn't much of a threat and so he nodded his head and followed where I beckoned. He so clearly wanted to help and seemed like a good guy so I thought I would induct him into my newfound religion and have him help with the mission assigned by them. When we finally reached the tree I grabbed him by the shoulder and pointed, hoping he would grasp all that I did. 
He shot me a puzzled look so in a whisper as quiet as I could manage I said this is our connection to the gods. Alright I'm getting you help, he cried in a voice far too loud to be tolerated. I knew immediately that this transgression would need to be punished. He quickly turned towards the road and made to return, in his haste stepping on leaves and branches, increasing his sins and sealing his fate. Given his determination to get back, he didn't hear me pick up the branch, or close the gap between us. He gave a soft grunt when the wood connected with the base of his skull and fell silent at last, ceasing his transgressions. I dragged the body of the offender back to the base to the base of the tree, it just felt right, and once his skin touched the bark, the tree reacted. Almost instantly, roots broke the damp soil and coiled around what was once a human being. Pencil-thin roots carved into his body by the hundreds, tunneling in and out and back and again, giving his flesh the appearance of a very wormy apple or wood afflicted by termites. Within minutes, the fresh corpse was desecrated and nearly mummified, bringing a smile to my lips as I felt my connection to the gods increase. The voices started back up with renewed vigor and my mission was made clear to me. The next one needs to be alive. My husband and I spent the night way out in the northern woods near a lake. There is a loop camping trail where you can rent a site out a few days for a relatively cheap price. Each site is probably separate by 70 to 80 meters, so while you can somewhat see and hear your fellow campers, it's never enough to take away from the ambience. Once we've set up our tent and gotten our belongings in order, we decided to get a fire going and have our usual go-to-outdoors dinner of roasted hot dogs. The night was beautiful, the fire gave off the perfect amount of heat and didn't smoke in our faces at all, and for the most part our neighbors didn't get too boisterous. By quiet hours, we bedded down and got in our tent to spend some time enjoying the serenity and peace. Until I realized for some reason our tent is sweating from the inside. And then it started raining hard. We take our valuables to the car immediately and get inside to wait out the weather before disassembling the tent. Our nearby neighbors all realize the weather situation as well, and we see them pack up and ship out one by one. This leaves us very much alone. This is where it gets insanely strange, and to this day neither of us are quite sure what we experienced. Out in the distance beyond our sight, I see what appears to be a red light, maybe attached to a lantern. However, the way this light moves is completely inorganic. It doesn't sway or bob as if being held by a human who is walking around, rather, it snakes around in a perfect track and slowly comes closer and closer to our car. By this time we've killed the headlights and are just staring at this spectacle with a mixture of awe and horror. My husband gets out of the car at some point and calls out in the rain if anybody is there. Lo and behold, the light disappears. This left a most bewildering and eerie feeling deep in my gut. Something did not feel right at all. Sixth sense tingling and everything. At my urging, he gets back in the car and it doesn't take long for the light to reappear. By this point I'm ready to leave, ten be damned. But my husband insists if we're to leave, we have to pack up our tent because he doesn't want it stolen. So, I begrudgingly oblige and while he stands watch with a flashlight, I get to work packing us up. I probably got it done in five minutes, maybe less. The entire time we were out there, we didn't see the red light. 
If we had, God, I don't know how I would have reacted, but I'm glad we were able to get our stuff and finally leave. My story happened in Hungary. We were sillying around a big lake with my then-boyfriend. It takes several days to do the full circle if you're not super fit and we wanted to make it into a nice holiday. There are many camping sites by the lake, big, crowded places, not quiet, secluded grounds. We were students back then, aiming for the cheapest camping spots. In this one camping site the cheapest spots were situated by the fence. While it wasn't a very massive fence. On the other side of it ran the bike trail and the train trails too, so it was busy. We thought it would do it for the night and yet again, we were surrounded by other campers though not super close. I'm quite a light sleeper, would wake up for any noise but my BF was fast asleep. In the middle of the night I was jerked awake of the noise of someone unzipping our tent and suddenly I felt a hand touching my foot. I guess they were looking for stuff that they could move easily, like our bags, wallets, phones, but those things weren't in reaching distance, they were piled up next to our heads. It was so surreal and happened so quickly, I didn't know how to react so I just started kicking whoever it was. Fortunately I managed to scare them away. In the morning we saw that the fence behind our tent was tempered with. I was terrified, kept thinking about what if they had a knife on them or something, in Hungary it's not easy to get a firearm. After that I got a little lock so our tent couldn't be unzipped from the outside. We went camping in Virginia a few years ago. Throughout the evening we could hear what sounded like some sort of exotic bird 150,200 yards away and it was loud. It started getting late and the fire was winding down so we decided to turn in. We each had our own tent and I got bedded down and broke out the Kindle to read a bit. About 45 minutes later, I could hear something walking around my tent. Didn't give a second thought as I grew up in the country with deer, possum, raccoons, etc. Then all of a sudden, whatever that bird was let off one of those piercing cause about 12 inches away from my head through the wall of the tent and I about shit myself. The fear went away quickly once I realized it was the bird, but it scared me so bad I was laughing at myself. So I'll start off by saying I've always been a believer of paranormal since being a young child. Have always been able to sense or feel things, I've heard things and seen things move when nobody was there, but I've never ever physically seen anything until today which I still don't know what to make of it or how to feel so I come here. I was standing under a carport, about to get in my boyfriend's car when I look at the road and see what I can only describe as an opaquely black figure. No textures or dimension just an odd shaped black thing which quickly darted over a fence and disappeared in front of my eyes. Note, when it zipped over the fence, it wasn't all at once. Sort of like the front of the body went first and a tail sort of looking part after. It was very quick, but I never looked away. In the field where I assumed an animal would be, it was completely empty, nothing was there after it went across the fence. Let me mention it's not a tall privacy fence. Just a barbed-wired low farmer's fence for keeping in goats or cows etc. Has anybody else experienced anything remotely similar? It's still on my mind and how something so dark and physically there just disappears in front of my very eyes.
Mind you, it was daylight about 2 p.m. Around North Texas. This just happened and it's quite hard to talk about. I, 14 male, live in Germany with my parents, they are at work now and I was supposed to take out the trash. I heard some knocks at the door that sounded like knives hitting the wooden door. When I looked through the visor I saw an eye that looked like a dog's eye but bigger and glowing. You might think that it was just a bear or a dog but I know what I saw. I tried to scream but I was frozen. I haven't ever felt that kind of terror. As soon as I stepped away from the door I heard rattling and deep growling. After about two minutes of that it all went silent for a few seconds. Then I heard heavy steps leaving. I fear that it might come back. What should I do? Apologies for spelling mistakes. English isn't my first language. Years ago, I moved from a very small town to a remote valley out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by national forest and not many neighbors. It was just what I had always wanted. At that point in my life, I had been a paramedic for about four or five years and, being an outdoorsy, civic-minded sort, I decided to volunteer my services with a local search and rescue organization. For being such a tiny, poorly funded organization, we were surprisingly busy. In the nine years I was with them, we have at least one rescue, sometimes several, every weekend spring through fall. The source of the majority of these calls was the roughly 100 miles of poorly maintained fire trails that were very popular with dirt bike and quad riders. When they'd inevitably get lost or wreck and get injured, we'd head out, track them down, provide medical care, and fly them out on a helicopter or put them on a Stokes basket mounted to a janky-ass trailer thing we pull with a quad. About two weeks after joining, and with zero training beyond what I had learned as a boy scout and medic, I got my first call. A group of dirt bikers from the city had lost a member of their party. For some reason, they had put their least experienced rider at the back of the group of a dozen or so riders and took off into the woods. When they returned to the trailhead four hours later, the inexperienced guy was missing. They set out again and looked for him for four or five hours, then gave up and called 911. The time interval from the initial 911 call until we had a squad assembled at the trailhead was pretty impressive, no more than 20 minutes, but we were already eight or nine hours behind the ball. We did a very quick briefing, distributed maps, divided into teams, then set off. They put me on a quad with the most experienced guy, and we headed out. The plan was for each two to three person team to take one of the longer trails that ringed the place, then after searching those we'd systematically work our way into the shorter, maze-like trails that made up the interior. This was to be a hasty search, none of that grid search crap. Just riding around looking for clues. I don't know what I had expected, exactly, maybe a few dirt roads through the woods or something, but these trails were an absolute nightmare. They were extremely rugged, technical trails, where you really had to know what the F you were doing and where you were going or you'd never make it out. GPS rarely worked due to the rugged terrain and tree cover, radios and cell phones were a crapshoot, and the maps didn't account for all the random trails riders would just sort of make. The only marked roads were fire breaks, and mileage-wise those accounted for maybe 10% of the trails. Why this guy hadn't been partnered with someone or put at the front of the group is a mystery. 
For hours into this I'm caked with mud, bleeding from being hit with branches, exhausted, and just done. We take a water break and hear broken radio traffic that sounds like the bike has been found, but no rider. It's only a couple of miles from us, so we head that direction. When we get there, the bike is off to the side of the road, along with the quads of the other teams, but we can see them a few hundred feet in the woods. We walk over and find them looking down at the missing person, who is very dead. Lips blue, skin dusky, arms spread out like a cross. On first glance, his eyes looked to be wide open and solid white, but when I examined him I could see that his eyes were actually covered with fly eggs. Dude had been dead a while. It didn't make sense though. His bike still had gas in it, he had water and food, and he was a healthy guy in his late 20s. Why was he dead? It looked like he had simply laid his bike down, then ran into the woods to die. Mission accomplished, I guess. We wrapped him in blankets, then put him on the stokes and took him to the trailhead where the coroner was waiting. About a week later I ran into the coroner and asked what the cause of death had been. The pathologist's determination was cardiac dysthemia secondary to extreme anxiety. The guy literally died of fright, which up to that point I had always assumed was Hollywood B.S. I've always wondered what was going through his head. Was he just afraid of the woods, or of being lost? If so, why did he run blindly into the woods instead of continuing to follow the trail? There's a part of me that thinks he may have seen something out there. I've heard a lot of stories about weird crap in these woods, and I've seen a few strange things myself, so it wouldn't surprise me. I was driving home one day. Since the drive is quite lengthy, I stopped to stretch my legs. I pulled off the road on a corner. I got out of my car and relaxed for a second. After a few moments I turned around to go back to my car. But when I did, I saw something move on a side of a hill next to me. I stopped and watched it for a bit. It was very tall and very wide. It was dark and walked with a slight hunchback. At first I thought it was a man. But this thing was huge. There was a few cows and trees around, so I could guess the height of it. I would say it was well over seven feet tall. The cows didn't even seem to notice the creature. It would stop every so often and look in my direction. I stood there confused to what it might be. I've lived in the mountains all my life and have never seen anything like it. My pulse jumped when I thought of what it could be. With that thought in mind, I got in my car and sped home. While bow hunting in late NOV or early deck of 2002, I fell asleep against a tree stump. About an hour later I was suddenly woken when I heard a crashing sound in the brush behind me. The woods were very dense, maybe 50 to 100 feet behind me is where I think I heard the noise. I heard heavy breathing almost like a, a grunt of some sort. At first I thought it might be an elk so I grabbed my bow and looked around the stump. There was a smell in the air, kinda like a really dank stench. Not too horrible though. I was a little creeped out. I sat still for about 10 minutes and the breathing stopped and all became quiet again. I packed up my stuff and got the hell out of there. 
I had a feeling something was out there. It could have been an elk, but I was eating lunch before I napped. I don't think an elk would wander that close and disappear like that. Anyways, it scared the hell out of me.